the American Battlefield Trust seeks to preserve our nation's hallowed battlegrounds and educate the public about what happened there and why it matters today. They permanently protect these battlefields for future generations as a lasting and tangible memorial to the brave soldiers who fought in the American Revolution, the War of 1812, and the Civil War. You can help save battlefield land today by visiting battlefields.org. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in this week to the Tattoo Historian Show. We're rolling right along here. I'm really happy with it. I'm really excited. Our numbers are going up. You are doing great with sharing, liking, doing all that good stuff. It means so much to me. I'm getting great feedback from you. and I'm so happy about the direction that we're going with this podcast. And I know I say that usually week in and week out, but I definitely believe it wholeheartedly. This week, something a little different, I have my friend Will Eichler on. And Will runs Civil War Digital Digest, which is basically a digital history for all you Civil War nerds out there, especially if you're a reenactor. This one's a good one because Civil War Digital Digest shows you how to do things in the field, how to cook, how to clean your weapon, what kind of weapons are out there, uniforms, stuff like that. But if you're just a Civil War nut and you just like that kind of thing. This is a great resource for you to have. And we talk about Civil War Digital Digest. We talk about digital history. We talk about the direction that digital history is going. And Will also gave me the honor of uh, breaking news on his front with a project that is coming up that's going to involve historical music. So that's a little bit later on in the podcast. You're going to have to uh, stay tuned for that one, but that is coming up. So that was a really uh, cool thing for him to do, to allow me to uh, drop that news for all of you, to allow me to give you breaking news in the digital history front. So that was a, an awesome thing. And I really thank Will for doing that and for being a part of the podcast. But Will has an interesting background in filming and in the film industry, and he brings that over into digital history. And I think that's a very important thing to remember. Uh, coming from traditional media, using digital media, and utilizing it as a powerful tool for historical research uh, to get the historical narrative out there. I think it's a wonderful thing, and I'm a big fan of his work. He, in turn, has been a big fan of the Tattooed Historian uh, project, if you will, things that I've done as far as live streams and videos and podcasts and everything else. He's actually one of my patrons on Patreon. And uh, I've been very appreciative of, of him doing so and everyone else who has been uh, donating some money to my Patreon to keep all of this rocking and rolling. It means so much to me. It puts gas in the tank so I can go to the next historical site and bring you some quality stuff. And that means so much. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to introduce you to my friend Will Eichler of the Civil War Digital Digest.
Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Tattoo Historian Show. I have a good friend on this week. I have Will Eichler, producer of Historic Content and producer at Civil War Digital Digest, which some of you may have been watching on YouTube and been looking over their website. So, Will, thank you for being on this week. Well, thanks for having me, John. It's great to visit for a bit this way. Yes, this is a little bit different than how we usually visit. It's usually a text message and a quick phone call. <laughs> yeah, it'd be nice to spend some time together this evening. Yes. We have a lot to go over, and uh, I wanted to get Will on here to talk about something near and dear to my heart, and I know it's near and dear to his heart as well, and that's digital history and historic media. So before we get too deep into that, uh, Will, I, I'd like to ask you to give your uh, short introduction to my audience, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Well, I come to the to the media industry sort of roundabout. I have a abiding love in history since I was a young kid. I guess it started reading a Caldecott award-winning book called Rifles for Weighty when I was in fourth or fifth grade. It's a kid's book uh, about busting up a rifle ring, trying to run weapons to Confederate General Stan Weighty, who also is a Native American. And that piqued my interest in the Civil War, and it's been running pretty much ever since. That's great. It, it, it's like we all start out kind of young and find our way through it. Yeah, <laughs> we do. And, you know, you always need those mentors to help you when you're going the wrong way. And in my case, that's actually in college because I get the bright idea that I can go to law school and I should be a lawyer and that's what I should do with my career. So oh, I'm in a uh, political science college a, for undergrad at Michigan State called James Madison College, uh, which most of my classmates are either in state capital in Lansing and Washington, D.C. or are lawyers around the nation. Oh, so wow. I've got. Yeah, absolutely. And I, the freshman year, we had to do a writing class, and the first class was about Ameri American in crisis, and then the second half was how Americans dealt with that crisis, and the second half, you picked an era, depending which professor you had. Well, I took Dr. Doerr, and I took the American in cri American time of crisis, the Civil War. Mm. Dr. Doerr figured out well before I did that I had no business going to law school. <laughs> Really? And, and and yes, I had the unofficial mentor, or I had the official mentor from the university, but Dr. Doerr became my unofficial mentor mm -hmm. to the point in a residential college. His office was on the third floor, and I'm up on the sixth floor, and I get a phone call one day. I pick up the phone. This is still corded. It's the 1990s on the wall. Pick up the phone. Mm -hmm. Hey, get down here. Mm -hmm. Okay, when your, mentor, when your true mentor says that, you listen to him. And I ran down actually barefoot, skipped the elevator, <laughs> took the stairs on the outside because it was closer to me. Uh -huh walked in the door and he handed me a business card and he said, you know, you love the Civil War. You have an internship to do. I'm doing voices for a promotional film for James Madison College. I just did the voice of James Madison and here's a documentary company. They're starting a documentary on Joshua Chamberlain and do something on reenactors. I know you do that. Call them. Hmm. Well, as I've said, when your mentor says call them and puts a period at the end of the sentence, you do it. Right. And I did, and I met Brad Graham, and I started with a uh, research internship up at Bowdoin College, where I've gotten to hold Joshua Chamberlain's medals. I've gotten to hold the uh, bracelet that he commissioned Tiffany to make uh, for his wife, uh, Tiffany to make for his wife, Fanny, mm -hmm. for their 10th wedding anniversary. Wow. And I started doing research, but right as we headed up there, 
that company had, and Dr. Doerr thought, well, you should do research and you should look at the history side of this because it's, it's political theory applied a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. Well, me being a farm kid, as they as we go up there, that company loses two of their part-time employees. I look at Brad and I say, look, I grew up on a farm. I can lift and carry. Okay, here's the tripod. Throw it on your shoulder. Let's go. <laughs> so, And it was on the job training from there. The tripod sits up like this. Next day, the battery goes on the camera like this. And about a year later, we're at the second Hodge Preservation March that Rob mm -hmm. Hodge put together in the early days. Mm -hmm. And my first time operating a camera is picking up footage for some of Brad's documentaries at one of Rob Hodge's marches. Wow. That's that's quite a quite a difference from when when you started, you know. Oh my goodness. Yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely. 180 degree difference. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I laugh at it now as Civil War Digital Digest got off the ground about four years ago. And the documentary company I'm partners with my friend Ryan Betzler in uh, Ravel and Films got going because I'm and I work full time now. I still operate a camera full time. I'm I'm on uh, by the day. I'm on NBC Chicago Fire for Dick Wolf. And I laugh and people look at me doing all this modern stuff. But when I started doing Civil War Digital Digest and Raveling Films, it's just coming right back to my roots because the first time I operated a camera was with Rob. Yeah, that's a, that's an awesome story because so many of of uh, my listeners are college age and they are in the history field and they're looking for that break and how to get in there and, and get started. And what you just said is that boots hitting the ground. Okay, pick up a tripod, let's go. That's a really important lesson to learn, you know, to get out there and not just start at the top. You got to start at the bottom and start working no. your way up. Absolutely. And that's true in many fields. I can't say specifically for history because, mm -hmm. quite honestly, when people ask me what I do with the digest and look around you ventures and what I do with Ravel and Films, I tell them a lot of this is applied history or history support. Mm -hmm. I, I was mm -hmm. talking, sitting, having, uh, I was sitting, having a 19th century soda at Eagle Tavern at Greenfield Village last Saturday night during the Civil War Remembrance Program. And I was sitting with the director of Greenfield Village, Jim Johnson, who I've known since I did the Antietam documentary with him almost, well, just over 20 years now. And I said to Jim, I said, look, I'm really in the business of applied history and history support. How do we help historians get the word out and tell the story? Mm. Because whether it's a fictional story about firefighters or cops in Chicago, or whether it's a true story like the one I just produced last year that was a short film about a true account from Israel Richardson's life, mm. it's still good storytelling. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's so important because, you know, you don't want to lose people. And that and that's just, you know, one of those things where if you're not a good storyteller, it's very hard to tell a story in the history field or in applied history, anything like that. Now, it is, but it's also where we find people. And, you know, that's that's always been the case for entertainment. Where do you meet people? Where do you find them? And it's something we should mm -hmm. be searching for today in the history field, uh, something we say in Civil War Digital Digest, if you watch an episode to the end, and it's one of the more recent, one of the more, like one of the last 75, not one of the first 25 or so, mm -hmm. we always finish working the word connection in. 
How do you find a connection to history? In our case, specifically Civil War history, but it could be the stuff you did last weekend with the 314th over Memorial Day. How do you find that connection? Right. Yeah, that's that's very important. I keep bringing that up, too. I harp on that a lot about that personal connection to the past and what, what connects you to it. And that usually allows you to become more interested in it. Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be like in your case, a great uncle, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, or a long passionate, you know, with us with Civil War Digital Digest, our theory, we're going to meet every American if we hit them with one of four things, mm-hmm. food, sports and games, music or firearms. Right. You're going to you're going to catch a window of the past that is something you understand or something you might enjoy. We've got the best chance with one of those four things. And that's so interesting you brought that up because I just uh, was asked to be on a speak at a conference and they asked me what I wanted to talk about for for Civil War era stuff. And it's for uh, pre Gettysburg campaign stuff. And I said, well, I want to talk about rations and food because everyone can connect with that. So fantastic. And they looked at me kind of funny and I'm like, I, everyone else is talking about operational history and I'm not a tactician, but I know how to eat food. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's one you of those know, things. Well, we can let the Andy Roscoe's and Jim Tobbs of the world talk about gods on a, on a battlefield. <laughs> They're great at that. I'd rather talk about the personal account. That's where my strength is as well. That's absolutely right. And uh, with Civil War Digital Digest, how did that all start, Will? Uh, we have another website, and at that point in time, I uh, had brought on a new partner, my really good friend, and actually the godfather of my younger daughter, Jeremy Bavard. And we were out on the East Coast on a photography trip for the website, All Michigan Civil War. We haven't done a ton with it, but that's still up there, and we still do stuff as there's time. And we had had a long day. I mean, in three days, we saw seven national battlefields, four national cemeteries, and shot like 1,300 images, many of which have made it to the website, many of which we still have photography to do. Mm -hmm. And we were sitting uh, having a cigar each on the back of his, uh, the back of his pickup truck on the tailgate. And he said, we should do something on this website that will support reenactors with video. Mm -hmm. I had the presence of mind to run back upstairs and grab a notepad, which I actually still keep on my desk now. And we made notes the rest of that evening. And amidst me doing photo tweaking and him driving on the way back, we made a couple more pages of notes That was the middle of May. We shot the first episodes in July, and we aired that uh, November. Wow. And the idea originally was to support uh, reenactors and help people improve their kits Mm -hmm. or their impressions, you know, the man, the method, the materials, which are really three things that uh, as living historians, we look at and do you, you, who's the person who, what's the stuff and what, and what does the person with the stuff do with it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we've stayed with a lot of that over the years and we've tried to work in more things. Um, last year with, uh, going to film festival with hold my horse, which is a short film, uh, based on an account by Dan Crotty from the third Michigan about Israel Richardson, um, that's coming out of festival now, and we're going to start looking at releasing that for sale. So many people volunteered to help get that thing made, including our lead actor, Christian Stolte, who's one of the regular cast members on Chicago Fire, who came and did two days at SAG scale. And if you know SAG scale versus what actors actually made, huh. but yeah, I wrote yeah. him a small check because of the SAG contract. That was a freebie. Wow. And C- Christian was thrilled. He said, you guys, he said, 
I get to be an, essentially in a Western and everybody sees me as a firefighter all the time. I get to do something different. This is magnificent for me too. But with that short film now coming out, uh, what we're going to do as we release it for sale and the reason to sell rather than give it away is we are going to be raising money. Of course, this is Richardson. Everybody having volunteered, I said to him, I said, I ethically can't make a penny on your backs. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You guys are, whether there were film friends from the TV shows or whether they were uh, living history friends who came to help out so many from both sides, I said, look, we're going to pick two historic charities and we're going to immediately start giving to those charities and we're going to pay the actual expenses of the shoot off. Once they're paid off, we're going to give everything to those two charities. And those are historic Fort Wayne, Detroit, recognizing where Richardson entered service mm-hmm. and, the, and the Save Historic Antietam Foundation, which recognizes where he was mortally wounded and, and where his Civil War service ends. Wow. That's an awesome way to do that. I really it like seemed that. to be the only thing. It was good for history. It was good mm-hmm. for Richardson. And it gave respect to the people who volunteered their time to make this happen. Yeah. That's awesome. That's a great way of doing it. Uh, with with uh, Civil War Digital Digest, it's been going on for several years now, uh, and you have, I think you're up to volume five now? Yep. The first year was a, sort of a micro volume, and we use the term volume because if you had bought newspapers like Harper's Weekly in the Civil War era, they weren't called editions or, you know, we talk about seasons if we were just doing a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. If you, the year in Harper's was a volume, and that's where okay. that name comes from. Okay. With with volume five out now, and you started obviously with volume one back when, uh, do you see any differences in how uh, the show or the presentations have progressed over time? Have, have they gotten slightly different as far as, you know, this one's a little crisper than it was two years ago, three years ago? Or have you seen pretty much the same kind of a pattern over time? Well, we're getting better at it, which, you you know, when you do a hundred of something, you'd better get better at it or you're not paying attention to it. And in my college years, I was also in the Michigan State Marching Band. And one of the things we had there was what the director at the time called a zero defect mentality. You could do the best halftime show on Saturday that you ever thought you would do. On Monday after rehearsal, you went to the game, you went to the big screen Everybody cheered at how good the day was, and then the director pushed play on the tape from the day, and we started to look at the film, not to cheer at it. We'd already cheered. It was time to find out, no matter how good it was, what little bit could we do that was better. Mm. So you're reviewing tape like like a football player would do. Absolutely. And that's the same thing. I can tell you there's not a single episode we've aired that I didn't have one more thing that I wanted to do to it. Mm. those one more things are shrinking. Um, I'm going to give a shout out right now to the people who are making our world go round for the digest. And that is as we build this towards a business, businesses need to grow. Uh, We started about two and a half years ago using the website Patreon, which I know you did because I think I'm patron number three of yours. I don't (laughs) think I was first, but I'm I'm in the first five or six. Yes, you're in the top five. And proud to be there. Thank you. Um, Thank you for that too. So, and if I'm number three for you, I'm number three for me because I when we started Patreon, I sent it to a buddy to gut check it as a concept, and suddenly he and another pal had signed up, and I'm like, guys, I wanted to be first, and they both went, yep, too bad, and they've been they've been with us since the beginning. 
the growth of Patreon there, we're in a new age of media. Gone is the day where you get all your media through cable and you pay your and you have to pay your money to cable and it gets sent to a certain number of channels just because that's what the provider does. Mm-hmm. That's very freeing, but that's also a re-education time for you and I as content producers showing people that, hey, if you like something, whether it's a little bit or whether it's a lot, do what you can and get on board and support it because our patrons are making it so we can go farther faster. Right, right. And and that includes, um, I'm about to, when we're done here, I'm going to see Dan McGuire who is an editor that we contract regularly, who also edited Hold My Horse. Okay. Here's the thing. You can have me as a history guy who is also a motion picture guy. I wasn't an editor when we started Civil War Digital Digest. I'm a much better editor now because I've edited all but three or four of those episodes, which Dan have done for us. Hmm. I'm enjoying the process. But I can be sitting there editing something that we've already done, mm-hmm. or I can have Dan on staff hired uh, as part of the team doing the editing while I look to the future for what's next to put the next short film in place to start doing biographies and to do better research and better photo polling for more episodes in the future. How how long uh, was that process kind of evolving where it was like, okay, I need to do this and I need to bring someone on to do this for me so that I can, you know, think about the history involved, the next episode, et cetera. Because I think I'm, I think I'm to that point almost, Will, where I'm almost to the point where I'm like, hey, I have to give someone some, some cash to be like, hey, can you help me edit this video? Because one, I'm terrible at it. And two, I just don't have the time. No, that's absolutely what it is. And we, it's always been, it's always the, you know, there's always two things in the world, time and money, and you have one or you have the other, mm-hmm. you know, that's just, that's a, that seems to be a pretty universal truth. That's not a history thing. That's just mm-hmm. a life thing. Right. And so we've known since day one, I had told Jeremy when we started, Hey, as we start doing these things and start, start this YouTube channel and start tracking things, keep a list of things that you do not have to do that have to be done. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. That's great advice. You know, and then as things grow, as they progress, I mean, our next goal on Patreon, when we get there, I'm excited for it because the commitment when we hit the next funding level that's on the page there is we will add an extra episode every quarter. That means instead of doing 26 episodes a year, we will do 30 episodes a year because the patrons are making it possible to do more bringing in motion picture professionals to do their job mm-hmm. to help us push history forward. Right. And that's, that's so very important when you have those Patreon uh, support, the, the patrons on there are so vitally important. And I've learned <coughs> that. And uh, I know that other creatives are on there doing their thing and people who do podcasts only and, and video, that's so important for them to have that uh, financial background mm. for people who believe in it, you know? Yeah, and here's the other thing. The other folks who help us, folks who share, folks who come up and shake our hands at, at events or at public functions going, hey, I've seen your stuff, thank you. Mm-hmm. The 4,500 subscribers, yes, AdSense is worth a little bit and not very much compared to anything else, mm-hmm. but it's another drop in the bucket. The folks who take our research and our library and quartermaster page, and if they decide to get, that they like what's going on, 
like you've done with some of your stuff, uh, as we talked about early in your days doing book reviews, doing affiliate marketing. Right. Where you can, where people can, if they like the book that you're talking about on some of your stuff that you've done on YouTube, they can click purchase that book. And yeah, Amazon sends it to them, but you see a small portion of it. That it's all these layers of things to make sure that the stories that we want to tell to support history and keep history relevant in American society continues to happen. Mm. What's some uh, key advice you give to other creatives, whether it's in the history field or, or doing something else, doing a podcast on comic books or videos on stuff? It doesn't matter. What, As a digital person, what would you uh, say some key advice for them? I'm going to say the same thing, and it's the same thing that uh, many of my friend Tim, who directed Hold My Horse, and I just produced a sci-fi short for him, and you'll see him probably next year directing for us again on a short film of a true story about a lady named Julia Wheelock in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Serve the story first. Okay. As long as you are there to support the story, the rest will take care of itself. Hmm. That's really good advice. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, and sometimes that puts me at odds with people because they've got an agenda within the group or the click or the whatever, or the association or the club or the business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's the mission? What's the story? How are we going to help people? Right. Right. That's so important. That's great advice. Uh, that That's something I can connect with, too. <laughs> so, yeah, I, we're, we're on a parallel course there, my friend. Absolutely. So I'm thrilled to hear that. I mean, I had somebody, we've got something new coming out of the, the Looker. The Civil War Digital Digest is owned by an LLC called Look Around You Ventures. We've got a next step towards supporting history uh, that'll be starting July 4th, which I can talk about. Matter of fact, we're going to introduce tonight with you. Um, and I had one fella say to me when I visited with him last weekend was giving him sort of a sneak peek on it. He says, oh, you're going to make some good money on it. And I said, I don't care. Right. He said, what? I said, we're going to help one group of people find the other group of people. And that is going to do something good for history. If we achieve point A to point B that helps point C, the rest will take care of itself in due course and properly done. Mm-hmm. Let us focus on the mission. I'm money. Yes, it's a business. Yes, I would love to be full-time historic media mm-hmm. and helping move these things forward. No, I'm not there right now. And no, I'm not bothered that I'm not there right now. Mm-hmm. Serve the story and the rest will take care of itself. Right. That's fantastic. So what what uh, what announcement do you have for us? Well, we've been spending four and a half years dealing with video and that's and film, and that is my background. That is where I started. That is where I know things. But let me just ask it to you this way, John. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to find good fife and drum music or good brass band music or great music from the histor- from the Civil War era mm-hmm. and from help from any era in history. Mm-hmm. Where do you find it online? That's a great question because all I can think of are CDs. And you have to go find that and you're still even then where do you go find that collection of CDs? There's yeah. no centralized place on the web for historic music to have a home. I've tried, I I dare you go to your, um, not Spotify, go to your Pandora station 
and try to build a fife and drum radio channel. <laughs> yeah. This it's it's yeah. sort of where I got it's sort of where I got the idea from. I tried to because I had my swing channel and right. I'm you know what I grew up playing swing for, and was taught by men who had played during World War II. It was my band director and one of his friends who is a Masonic brother of mine now passed. I learned to play swing in a semi-pro band from guys who played during the war. What a rich wow. way. You know, I mean, yeah. what a great way to learn a style. It was magnificent. Right. And so I listened to a lot of swinging, but I had had it with Gwen, Glenn Miller one day. I went to Pandora, said, great, I don't want my Motley Crue. I don't want my country <laughs> radio. I don't want my Steve Miller radio. No, let's try and make a fife and drop. Nope. Nothing. Hmm. On July 4th of this year, we will release History Tunes. Awesome. We'll put, we'll, uh, we do have the website secured. I'm not going to give the name of it right now, uh, just so we can get the behind the scenes stuff taken care of. Um, mm -hmm. I'll give it to you so you can make a blast out on Facebook if you wouldn't mind once we're ready to release. Um, but it is going to be <clears throat> like that really known, uh, well-known music downloading source that comes from the one computer company. Uh, it's going to be like their original iteration. We won't deal with streaming, but if you find something you like, artists are going to be able to sign their albums with us, and we're not going to charge them. There's no submission fees, but if you find your favorite version of Yankee Doodle Dandy on there, you can download it from your artist who's been there for about 99 cents a tune, or you can buy the whole album. Wow. We're going to split that money 60-40 with the artist, them getting the 60%. That's awesome. So we're going to help people who like different forms of historic music to get a place to get to it. We've already, uh, we're close to having a very, very well-known Fife and Drum Corps. They're just gut-checking it with their other members. Their mm -hmm. lead uh, Fifer is very interested. Mm -hmm. We have one brass band already signed up, which is a very well-known one on the East Coast. Uh, we have a minstrel group from the Midwest, which is recorded, done uh, we have a veteran banjo player who signed up both his albums and said, let me check at home. I had an album I never released. When I get to my other house, I will grab it and send it to you. So we'll probably even down the road have a new release. Oh, that's awesome. That'd be a great we're not, rollout. We're not making this a part of Civil War Digital Digest more than initially. It'll be a separate website mm -hmm. because if this concept goes well, we'll let it scale across time periods. And again, this is how do we help history. So this is something that can scale across time periods. We just needed to start somewhere, and our bread and butter is our Civil War community, so that's where we're going to start. Right. Start with what you know best or what you have the Absolutely. most connections with. And you could, you could be doing Baroque music in a year. Who knows? <laughs> you know what? My, I took my family on vacation. My wife and I chose to take the girls to Columbus. I am a daddy of two little girls, a seven- and a nine-year-old. And we took them to Colonial Williamsburg, and the first lady we ran into in the first building we're in, I wish I could tell you, John, what the name of the instrument she had was. Mm -hmm. um, we we saw Lindsay Foster later that same later that oh, yeah. same day over over at the governor's mansion. Awesome. So yeah, I know it was fantastic. And Marvin Greer was working at the Peyton Randolph house at that point in time, and he was mm -hmm. off duty. He came down and had lunch with my little girls, so they they could get to meet somebody uh, who works on the staff who's not working at that point in time. And Marvin and I hadn't seen each other in a year. That's so it was nice. nice to see it was nice to see a buddy. Um, right. But the lady was playing a six string something that was a cross between like a cello 
and a guitar. It was and it was a very 18th century instrument, and she was playing Baroque music. I would love to make it so you mm. could get a chance to find out some of that. Yeah, that would be that would be awesome. That'd be fantastic. Uh, as as we uh, finish up here, Will, I, I do want to ask you, you know, what do you think the future is for for historic media? Obviously, histor- history tunes is going to be a big thing, but hist- historic media in general, do you think uh, this is the way we're going to be focusing our, our attention now for the future? I think it's something we need to keep a mind on. Um, I think media itself is becoming a lot more dispersed, but there's a lot more opportunity. And the question will be how we cut through the chaff. Why is Civil War Digital Digest on YouTube right now? Well, with two billion people, two out of every seven people in the world signing in at least once a month, it's a huge number of eyes. That said, they have so many logarithms and things. It's how do you get to people? We're already building an email list so that as new things like History Tunes comes out, we can connect with people. And you literally, our website, you can go to the communicate page and get put on it. It's building communities of people. You know, it's, it's a huge world, but it's still just a bunch of small communities one of the things we really need to work on as media co- content producers is making sure that people know that people in power as far as media gatekeepers know that our niche is big enough to have value. Right. Yeah. Hollywood doesn't necessarily pay attention to history because they don't think it has value for enough people. Mm-hmm. We start building that drumbeat. And we're gonna and just uh, we're gonna keep the stories going because whether it's a history class or whether it's a movie theater, a good story will cause a person to ask a question and learn the next thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the main thing, you know. That I've heard that from various historians, from PhDs to people with no degree. You know, as long as you have a good story and it's something some some something someone can connect with, you're on the right track and you're moving forward. And now it's our added responsibility to make sure that the good story we tell is an accurate one. Yes, that's the most important, right? And and that's where fiction and nonfiction separate themselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Or, as we say in the short film and narrative uh, end of Civil War Digital Digest, barely fiction. Mm. We take we take hold my horse. We take a paragraph from Dan Crotty, and we do everything we can stay close to it. I will direct my first piece at the end of the month. It's called Whitney's Medal. It's a true story of how William Whitney from the 11th Michigan earned his Medal of Honor at Chickamauga. Wow. That's I awesome. don't have to go I don't have to go make this stuff up. Mm-hmm. I've got I've got a spy story from the Shenandoah Valley in 1864 that launches a campaign. Mm-hmm. I don't have to go make this up and create a movie out of it. I just have to sit down and write and find the specific story within that really rich piece of history. Mm. Will, where can uh, people go to find Civil War Digital Digest, and mm. and when uh, when your short film becomes available, mm. where can they find that, et cetera? Uh, the webs- our main website is CivilWarDigitalDigest.com. Uh, when the short film becomes available, there will be a tab on the front page that's probably going to be called Movies, and that'll take you right to it and how to go. And you'll also see in there 
where we are on paying back the budget and then what percentages are we doing to preservation. So knowing, uh, our, even with our patrons, uh, when people sign up for Patreon, they know that part of the money they're giving us every month is going right back to preservation and they get to vote where quarterly. So civilwardigitaldigest.com is the main page um, for the documentaries about historic Fort Wayne and Fort Adams, ravelinfilms.com. Uh, a Ravelin is a 19th century uh, military fortification piece. Okay. Oh, so never heard of that. And then, okay. no. Uh, well, you might have heard of a demi loon, which is oh, an yeah. external half circle. Right. If it's a half circle, it's a demi loon. If it's triangular shaped, hmm. it was miswritten by some engineers of the time. The Ravelin at Fort Wayne, Detroit, was actually written on the plans by Montgomery C. Miggs as a demi loon, but if you study the actual U.S. Uh, engineering books translated from the French, if it's triangular shaped, it's a ravelin. If it's a half moon, it's a ravelin. They essentially do the same thing. Okay. Huh. All right, I learned something new. <laughs> so, but awesome. yeah, find us there. We're on Instagram, uh, and for Civil War Digital Dives, you can just go search right on YouTube, uh, YouTube as well. But find us on our website. Connect with us if you want to stay in touch with what we're going I've told people the fine print on the mailing list. It's our mailing list. We don't sell it, rent it, or give it away. Mm. That's your trust with us, and we also use it sparingly because we want to share good history, not junk up people's email boxes. There you go. Yeah, you don't want it to go to the spam folder. No, that's no. a bad place. That doesn't help any of us or history. That's right. Well, Will, thank you so much for, for joining us this week on the podcast. I really appreciate all of your insights into digital history and historic media. Well, thanks, John. It was really fun to visit, and I'm going to go from being a guest to going back to being a consumer, and I'll join you next week to hear whoever's after me. All right. Thank you so much, Will, for your time. You're very welcome. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and tune in next week. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.